And welcome into another edition of Storytellers. I am your host, Shirley Rhodes. And if you're not familiar with this podcast, Storytellers is uh, kind of taking an angle on the old phrase, everyone has a story to tell. And I think that there's a lot of folks around here, and particularly in eastern North Carolina, but elsewhere as well, that just have really cool stories to tell. And today's guest has a, what I would think to be a very interesting story to tell. And it's someone I met through uh, East Carolina University, but uh, she has come from all over the place. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But uh, let me officially welcome Houston McCullough to the podcast. Houston, how are you? Thank you for joining me today. I'm good. Thanks for having me, Shirley. I want to start back from the very beginning. And the reason why I say that is because we're going to get to a point where I feel like I may have made uh, the same mistake as a lot of folks around here as uh, thinking that you were a student at East Carolina. So let's let's just go all the way back to the beginning. That way, everybody can understand where Houston came from. Uh, Tell me uh, how you got from growing up in Arkansas to TCU. Sure. And if you want to even get a little crazier with it, I was born in Ohio and then moved to Arkansas right after I was born. Um, But from Arkansas, I went after I graduated high school, I went to Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I chose going there because both my parents went to TCU and toured the school, loved it. They had a film program there that I just really felt I belonged in. Um, So I did film school at TCU. From TCU, I went to Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, um, to be a GA in the athletic department. So I was studying sport management at the university while also working in the athletic department there. That's where I met John Gilbert, the current athletic director at East Carolina. He was athletic director while I was at Southern Miss. He got his job at East Carolina halfway through first semester while I was at Southern Miss. Um, And we got along really well. We did some work together. I had some video shoots with him. Um, And shortly after he went to East Carolina, he called me saying that they needed help in their social media presence for athletics. Um, So a year after I was at Southern Miss, I went to East Carolina to work full-time for East Carolina. So I wasn't a student, had a big girl job. (laughs) Um, But that's kind of how I hopped all over. Now, when you went to TCU, uh, you uh, did uh, film, television, digital media. So you had uh, a little bit of experience, not only in camera work, but uh, still photography. You also did a lot of, um, I guess you could say, online content, graphics type uh, type stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and that stuff is constantly evolving. I remember uh, I was a communications uh, major many years ago. We're not going to go that far back. But, uh, you know, television, especially when you're talking about uh, the apparatus that you use and the, the way that you edit, it is much, much different. Uh, you know, how difficult is it to really kind of keep up with the way media evolves as far as how it's presented and even how it's created? Sure. I think that was one of the things that was enticing to me about pursuing that kind of career is knowing that your industry is always going to be changing, which was appealing to me because I am very not very much not the kind of person who wants to go into work, do the same thing, same routine every day, go home, go back and do it the next day. Um, 
So to know that you're in an industry where you're always going to learn, there's always going to be innovation, to me is exciting. Um, and the thing about TCU's film program that I appreciated was it was more business-based as opposed to production-based. So you definitely learned how to edit, how to use cameras, how to be in like a director role, so on and so forth. But you also had to learn about the business of the industry, um, which is kind of where more so I leaned. Um, so it kind of just knew that you they needed to prepare you for all aspects of the industry, not just being able to put a camera in your hands. Um, because if you go to film school and you learn how to shoot on one camera, the chances that you are shooting on that camera in your job are minimal. So learning the business and learning the the ability to adapt throughout your career is kind of what TCU, TCU's approach was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be tricky. There And there are definitely some people who prefer to specialize in one niche thing and make that their the epitome of their career. And the film industry definitely needs that. But then there are some people who can do a little bit of everything. And that was more so the approach that I took, which has helped me throughout my career. For example, going to East Carolina, when I went there as a social media content manager, my degree was in film, but my responsibilities included managing our website, managing our social media, doing photography, doing graphic design, doing video, setting up events and so on and so forth, you know, wearing all the different little hats. Um, and if I had specialized in one thing in film school, I would have been completely underprepared for that job. Um, so, yeah, yeah I don't that- know, it's enticing to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it 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 is the old adage. I, I think that's one of the reasons I got into radio too. Is you know the the adage that you're doing something different every day. It's not the mm-hmm. same routine. It's not that monotony. Um, you know, and, and it's a little bit of a challenge at the same time um, because you're you're doing something different. But as you said, you know, things evolve, so you kind of got to keep up with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you get left behind, especially in this particular. Uh, a type of uh, genre in terms of media is, is that it is constantly changing, and if you don't kick, you know, keep up, you know, you have to uh, either adapt or, like I said, get uh, left behind. So John Gilbert brings you to ECU, and uh, so you are responsible for a lot of different uh, things, and including covering a lot of different sports. I mean, did you cover the, all of them or just m- the main ones? All of them. Um, I And even beyond that, we had a just general athletics account on social media that I was in charge of. And then I also assisted with the cheer and dance team's social media and with the Pirate Club's social media. Um, so it was a handful, to be sure. And that position was interesting because it did not exist before I got there. That position was created... And then I was the first person to fulfill that role. Um, so it was a struggle in a way because there was no other person to say like, hey, what do I do here? But it was also kind of freeing. And I got to lay the groundwork and set my own expectations for what that role was going to be. Um, but yeah, all sports. It was, I think at the pre-COVID peak, it was somewhere in like the 20s. Oh, wow. Of the number of like social media accounts I was running. And like, you have to keep in mind, like, 
men uh, like track and field are split into a million different things. And then you like golf kind of groups itself together, but technically there's a men's team and there's a women's team. Um, so, yeah. So you had, you had to keep up with 20 some odd social media accounts. Mm-hmm. My phone was insanity. Like whenever I'd open Instagram and I would try to just go like find my personal account and I have to scroll through all these different East Carolina accounts first before I got to mine. Um, I, I, I have to just like turn off notifications at some point, like especially after like a football game. Cause I've had the football account. On oh yeah. Yeah. My phone and like Twitter would blow up all night. Instagram would blow up all night. Same with Facebook. And like, I would miss notifications for things like from my family because my phone is exploding with all these other notifications. So that is, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking I have three accounts. I have a Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, and I can barely keep up with those. And you're in your, tw- yeah. you know, you're handling 20 some odd accounts and you're not even breaking a sweat at that point. So, um, okay. So while you were here at ECU, uh, you covered all these sports. Tell me, you know, maybe one or two of your favorite sports that you'd like to cover because i know you took a lot of pictures too i mean like for softball Mm -hmm. that's where you and i met um you did a lot of softball uh content and i was up in the press box but i knew you took pictures and things like that like Mm -hmm. is there a specific sport that maybe you had the most fun covering Hmm. i mean there's not a sport that i disliked covering but it was definitely the sports that i would enjoy working more were the ones where I knew the student athletes on a personal level. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I got really close with the men's basketball program, which makes sense now that I'm with the magic. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we'll get to that in a moment too. Yeah. Um, I think just like, and obviously like all the student athletes at East Carolina are phenomenal individuals. I mean, there's still some that I talk to to this day, like Courtney Layton, a former softball player, um, ended up being one of my interns for a couple of years. And I literally talked to her yesterday. Um, but I think like the smaller teams, you have a better chance of like getting to know them on a more personal level. Um, so I got really, like I said, I got close with the men's basketball program. Um, I got close with the women's golf program with softball. Um, it also helps whenever like the sport is easy to shoot in from a camera perspective. Um, so like, for, I guess to go on like the sports that were maybe more difficult to work, not in terms of people, but just in regards to the sport itself. Swimming was so hard to take pictures of because they're underwater for 90% of the time. Um, well, that is, that's fair. That's definitely <laughs> fair. Okay. Then it's some challenges. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, can you think of maybe... And I'm going to go with uh, film and photography just because it's a, it's a little bit easier. But, like, is there, a, like, a memorable shot that you've taken while at East Carolina that kind of stands out to you? Yeah, I literally, like, looked at this shot the other day because I was like, dang, that's such a good shot. Um, there was a shot that from a baseball game, couldn't tell you who they played, but Bryson Worrell hit a home run, shocker, um, and he was rounding second. And the Jumbotron in the outfield had, like, the home run graphic on it. And I basically, like, laid down on the steps of the dugout and shot upwards. So it's Bryson coming around second base, and you can see the home run 
scoreboard in the back. And it was just like such a cool shot. And Rob Taylor, who is a studio photographer in Greenville, North Carolina, has mm-hmm. become one of my mentors, one of my closest friends. Um, and I got that shot pretty early. Well, the first year that I was at East Carolina and our, he and my friendship was just starting to really solidify. And he saw that shot come up in the press box because I had sent it up to be posted. And I guess he was there and saw it and was like, damn, that's a great shot. Like, who did that? And people were telling them that it was me. And he was like, man, she's really talented. And um, I know Malcolm, um, the one of the SIDs. One mm-hmm. of Malcolm Gray. SID. Yep. Um, he was obsessed with that shot, and it was his screensaver for the longest time. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. That is awesome. No, and the other part of it is, like, yes, it's this amazing shot, and I can pat myself on the back for it, but Bryson will have that photo forever to show his kids, his grandkids. And so I just think that is so cool that it's, yeah, it's for social media to promote the university, but the stuff I was doing were helping to capture these memories for these student athletes that they'll have forever, which I just think is so cool. Yeah, because, you know, uh, some will move on to the professional ranks and some won't. They'll move on into some other aspect of life, but they will always have that that moment in time captured uh, on film. And uh, that is, and I think I remember that shot, and I will have to go back and look, but I, I have it somewhere, because I remember uh, seeing a, a shot. If it's not that shot, is one similar to it, but I'll have to go back mm-hmm. and look. But, uh, okay, so you create this kind of... Um, I don't want to say program, but this 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 content base for East Carolina. So you're you're doing all of this. How did this opportunity with the Orlando Magic come about? Yeah, so my boyfriend at the time had moved to North Carolina. Um, COVID hit, and it was just a really rough time for everyone within mm-hmm. athletics externally. Um, so my boyfriend had been struggling to find a job during COVID. And he ended up finding a job in Orlando, Florida. Um, so he decided that he needed to move. And at the time, I was like, "This, like, we're building our future together, so I'll move with you. I wasn't, I was getting to the point where there were some internal issues with athletics, and I wasn't overly thrilled with my job. Like, I loved my day-to-day of what I did and working with student-athletes, but just kind of the politics of athletics was mm-hmm. getting exhausting. So I was ready for a change as well. Um, so we picked up and we moved to Orlando and I just resigned from East Carolina and moved to Orlando jobless and was like, I'll find something, whether that's sports, if it's not sports, whatever's meant to be is whatever's meant to be. Um, and before I moved, I had started applying for things and I was applying to Disney, SeaWorld, corporate jobs. Um, but then I knew some of the people like at UCF. I mean, I was just applying for anything. And I just came across this job posting for a digital content specialist with the Orlando Magic. Um, and the Orlando Magic LLC owns the Magic, a minor league hockey team, and an esports team. So this position would have been working with all three, essentially doing what I was doing at East Carolina, but just for three sports instead of 20-something. And... I remember looking at that job posting and looking to my family and I was like, I don't have professional sports experience, but I am so freaking qualified for that job. Like I can do everything on 
on that job posting because um, it was essentially a little bit less than what I was doing at East Carolina, just on a higher stage. Um, and I was like, well, I probably won't get it, I'll, but I'll just apply for it. The worst they can do is say no. And I got a call from my now boss wanting me to interview for the job. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. And interviewed for it. And I was like, that went well, but again, I don't have experience. So that was fun, but whatever. And then they called me back again, wanting me to come in and shoot a game as like a test run. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Probably not going to get it after that. Like, again, I don't have experience, but at least I can say I've shot an NBA game, put that in my portfolio, tuck that away for later. This will just be a cool experience. And it was just they kept calling me back after I was, was telling myself, like, I'm qualified, but I probably won't get it. And then finally, they just offered me the job. And I still apologize to our HR lady to this day because I screamed in her ear when she <laughs> offered me the job. Um, but, yeah, that was just one of those, like, I knew nobody at the Orlando Magic, not a soul. I didn't know anybody in Florida other than my boyfriend at the time, and his family. Um, that, and that's one of the things I'm really proud of is I know I earned my job, um, because of the skills that I have and the experience experiences that I had leading up to this. I didn't get it cause I knew somebody there. I got it because I was qualified for it. Um, so yeah, it's something I'm really proud of and it's been an amazing ride so far. That is awesome, and uh, I know you're running a little. We're running a little short on time because I know you have a, a prior commitment. So we're gonna. Um, I'm gonna ask this one more question, then we're gonna get into our fun stuff. Um, can you tell me, like, what uh, you know? Because the NBA season, you know, is over, but you have other responsibilities. I know you said you've got the NBA draft coming up soon. Um, sure. Can you tell me, like, maybe what a day in the life of Houston McCullough on the job is kind of like? It depends on the day, and it depends <laughs> on the week, and depends on the month. Uh, right now, we are in our off season, but we are gearing up for the draft. So it is calmer a little bit in the sense that we don't have games, but we have draft workouts going on right now where we bring in potential draft picks, and they'll work out in front of our head coach, our GM, our president of basketball operations, so on and so forth, our scout team. Um, and our production staff has to record that. So usually I am getting up, going to our training center, recording whatever potential draft picks are there for the day. Um, we're doing a lot of like getting ready for the season work right now. So editing some like tourism videos and whatnot, um, planning for media day. And then we still have shoots sporadically here and there, a lot of like youth summer camps. Um, so like yesterday I went to a summer camp um, sponsored by the Orlando Magic. Um, and then there's some travel sprinkled in throughout there as well. So like if one of our players hosts a camp, sometimes I'll fly to wherever they're hosting that and film the player at said camp. Um, and the next week I fly to New York to go to the draft. So it's a little all over the place. Um, the summer is weird because it's not so much as like a routine type thing. Every Every day is different. Like, Ironically, once you get into the season, it's busier, but it's more of a routine because, you know, like, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go to practice. I'll have game time at this time. I'll, we'll watch film at this time. 
um, the schedule is crazier, but it's at least a little bit more of the same. Now, is this something that you want to kind of, uh, you know, stay in is not necessarily what I mean by, you know, staying with the Orlando Magic forever. But mm-hmm. in this type of atmosphere, is this something that you could see yourself doing for many years to come? Or do you want to try to do something different, branch out and see what else is out there? Yeah, I think like I'm to the point where like never say never. I'm open to anything. I, like I loved my time in Texas and if maybe like down the road I could find a path back to Texas, that would be amazing. My boss jokes every time like I take a personal trip to Texas. He's like, I don't care wh- what you do as long as you come back when you say you're coming back. <laughs> um, but I mean, I like I love my job. I have found my dream job. The the environment of the team that I am on, not just like the athletic team, but the people that I work with is by far the healthiest environment I've ever been in. Um, That's why I'm like, I'm not really looking for anything else right now because I don't want to risk losing what I have. Um, Like I've said time and time again, like the job that I'm in right now, I could do for the rest of my life, whether or not I do do it for the rest of my life. I don't know if I move on in however many years, like so be it, that's God's plan. But if I stay here, I will be, fully content with the life that that brings. So yeah, I'm just in a really good place. Like I love what I do. I like every day is so much fun. The people that I work with are great. Our athletes are great. Our coaching staff is amazing. Um, Obviously like the business of basketball is a fluid one. So things can change and athletes come and go coaches come and go. Um, But as of right now, it's just work wise, the happiest I've ever been. Well, it's like we always say, you know, uh, if if you're having fun and you're happy where you are, it's never work. So right. it can be a little bit of a grind, but it's never work. Yeah. And I could sit here and talk to you about this stuff all day long, but I do know that you've I've got to get you out of here. So let's uh, real quick, let's have a little fun questionnaire to close things out. And uh, these are going to be, uh, I don't know, kind of make you think, kind of not. So my first question is, Houston is hot dogs, are hot dogs a sandwich? Mm, No. Hot dogs are hot dogs. Explain yourself. Oh. (laughs) That sounded accusatory. Why? Why is a hot dog not a sandwich? I don't know. I think maybe it's because, like, the bun doesn't fully separate and... I don't know. It's just considered maybe it's like a sub sandwich, but not like a full sandwich. Okay, so it's kind of like kind of a sandwich. Two pieces of bread with meat and things in the middle, which I know I'm describing a hot dog, but in my mind, it's not. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, next question. Would you rather travel deep into space or the deepest part of the ocean? Oh, oh my gosh, that's a tough question. I live for these. Because they're both incredibly unexplored. There's so much unknown. And my first instinct was to say, like, whichever one will end up being not so cold. But I feel like they'll (laughs) both be cold. That's so fair. Um, That's such a fair assessment, though. I feel like I'll just, I'll go with space. 
space okay. is more interesting to me. In college, I took um, an astronomy class, and I always thought, like, the universe was so interesting, and it's constantly expanding. So, like, ev- with every day, there's more universe to explore, but there's only a finite amount of ocean. So, I'll go, yeah, I'll go space. Okay. All right. Next question. What's the one thing that you own that you really should throw out? About the long list. <laughs> I'll just pick one. Oh, man. One thing that I own that I should probably throw out. Uh, I mean, I hate to say, like, throw out books because books are knowledge, but I have so many books that I've read a million times that I'm not going to read anymore. And they're just taking up space. So maybe not that I should throw them out, but that I should donate them and like send them on to their next reader. Okay. Maybe all of my books. Okay, that's fair. Make room for new books. I'm afraid to ask this next question just because of what you mentioned earlier, but most used app on your phone? Oh, probably Instagram. I was kind of, I had a feeling you were going to go with Instagram after what you said earlier. Yeah. I mean, also, like, of the social media platforms, it's the most visual-based. And I do live, like, a visual lifestyle in the realm of my photography and video and whatnot. Um, I just, I love pictures. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And final question. Favorite sports memory of your own? Of my own, as in, like, I was the athlete? No, no, no. I mean, as in that either you witnessed or, you you know, that you were a part of in terms of taking pictures. Mm. What, you know, what would be your favorite sports memory if in general? Oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, maybe I would say it was the... 2017 or 18, whatever year it was, the Alamo Bowl that TCU played in. It was my last football event that I ever worked for TCU. Um, And they played Stanford, and it was like this huge second-half comeback from TCU to win the whole thing. Um, And it was, like, like I said, it was the last event that I worked with football. And by then I had worked two seasons with TCU football, and it was just an incredible way to end my time with football um but it was also just this amazing game to watch um so i just remember being really happy there and i mean it helps when your team wins right (laughs) oh of course um but i mean there's a picture of me like throwing up confetti on the field like with my hands not like vomit throw up okay i was getting ready to say (laughs) into the air yeah i was like i need to clarify this Throwing confetti into the air, and um, my mom even—I remember her saying, "Like you just look so happy in that picture," and it was just like such a fun time because the interns that I worked with were great. We were all really good friends, and we had a ton of fun doing that. But then the game was just also a really good game. So, okay, uh, I mean there. Dozens of others that I could sit here and list out all day, but if I have to pick one, we'll go with that. Okay, that's fair. Houston McCullough, thank you so much for telling me your story. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) That was Houston McCullough, lead videographer and producer for the Orlando Magic. I'm Shirley Rhodes. We'll see you on the next episode of Storytellers.